I was in my Facebook group today, Empowered Entrepreneur, which on a side note, if you're an entrepreneur, you should definitely join our Facebook group, Empowered Entrepreneur. And we were talking about sales and I did, well, first I asked the question, what are your biggest challenges in sales? And I got some really interesting comments back. So then I decided to do a live video within within our group talking about sales objections and the challenges people are facing. And it turned into a really great conversation. So I thought, why not share that with you guys here? So this is the this is the conversation we had earlier in my Facebook group, which you should totally check out. It's Empowered Entrepreneur. You're listening to The Empowered Life with master coach and trainer of NLP, Terry Holland. Breakthrough to the life you deserve. We're going to talk about sales. So the biggest challenges that you're getting, the objections that you're you're getting from your clients, your customers, about using your products or your services, what are the biggest challenges that you're facing? So I posted this as a question in the Empowered Entrepreneur group. And I got a couple posts, a couple comments that I thought, why not just come on here and answer live? So you're welcome to join in and to come on as a panelist in this discussion to share Um, Share your challenges and we can discuss them and work through them or you can post them in the comments and we can chat there. So I'm just opening up. Um, Give me a second. I normally don't do it this way through Zoom, but I just wanted to test it out. So let me know if you're watching so that I know that someone's watching. (laughs) Oh, I can see the I can't see the comments on my Zoom screen, but I can see them on my Facebook screen. So hi, Barb. Hi, Christy. Glad you guys are watching. So I'm just going to minimize this so I can see all of it at once. So I don't know, feel free to feel free to post your question in either spot and I will find it. How about that? Okay. So the first question was Frida. Frida had commented on the original post, the question that I had put out about what are your biggest sales challenges? And she said, I'm going to find it for you actually here. I'll just read it to you. Um, what she said to make my life easy and to make sure I get it right. So Frida had said, and Frida, if you're watching, let me know. Um, Convincing people it's the best thing since sliced bread. I'm serious. How can adults not have fun making art? So Frida, for those of you who don't know Frida, Frida does, her business is Zealous Art and she hosts painting parties. And I asked her what the objection is. And she says, the objection is I'm not an artist. I cannot. And she says, you don't need to be an artist to participate in art. People see art as an object instead of an experience. So I asked her, how do you respond? And she said, I talk about the experience. We all have our own handwriting style. It's the same with painting. Same tools for everyone, same instructions, but our paintings will be different. Some of us are Picassos, some of us are Rembrandt. Don't judge it, just do it, things like that. So I asked how that works and I made a guess. I said, I'm going to guess it doesn't work well. And she said, exactly. So let's talk about this one and why why it doesn't work well. So the objection is, I can't, I can't do it, I'm not an artist. And the response was, um, was more about the experience. And that's like, have you ever, maybe you've had this experience before where you're, you know something about yourself and it could be a limiting belief or it could be true about yourself. And by the way, someone who has a limiting belief about what they can or cannot do, they are absolutely right because that's their belief. 
So you have a person who says, I can't do it. And the response to the objection is, yes, you can, everyone can do it. And the person I'm going to guess responds with more, well, I can't do it. It's not for me. And they're probably going to get a little more, uh, a little more, I don't want to say forceful, not quite forceful, but they're going to dig their heels in because now it's like, it's like a, you know, a rock. It's like you're pushing against a rock. There's resistance and they're going to resist even more. Here's why. Because Frida, you haven't handled the actual objection. And the objection is, I can't do it. Not, the objection is not, I don't think it'll be a good experience. The objection is, I can't do it. So you have to overcome the objection of, I can't do it. And the way to overcome that objection is not through, sure, you can, everyone can do it. That's not going to work. And that's going to make them even more resistant to the possibility of working with you and coming to one of your parties. So there are four objections in sales. And one objection is, it won't work for me. I can't do it. It works for everyone else. So in your case, Frida, everyone else can do that. Anyone else can paint. And they'll hear what you're saying as applied to everyone else, but then they'll think, but it doesn't work for me. I can't do it. And the way to overcome that objection is not through telling them more about the story, not through um, telling them about experience. The only way to overcome that objection is you have to show them a case study or a testimonial of someone who also believed they couldn't do it. And then they had an amazing experience and how they were transformed by that experience. So an example would be a story, and I'm just going to, I'm just pulling this out of my butt, so it's not going to be the best story, but an example would be a story like, you know, I hear what you're saying. I had another woman who came to me, and she also said, I can't do it. I'm not an artist. I can't paint. And her friends brought her along for a party, and she was really nervous, and she thought, there's no way I could possibly do this. I'm not an artist. And through the course of the night, she started to relax a little bit more and she started to play a bit with the paint. And at the end of it, she realized that her painting was very different than her friends, but they were all different. And it's kind of like handwriting. We all have the same tools and we learn how to handwrite, but we all handwrite very differently. And that's the same with painting. And by the end of the night, she realized that her painting, what made her painting special was that it was hers and it was her unique painting. And that's really what the party is all about. It's not about being the best artist. It's about creating something yourself. But you have to tell her, this person, I'm saying her, but whoever it is, you have to give them an example of someone who felt the exact same way, how they were transformed through the process, and where they ended up. And when you do that, when you tell someone a story, they automatically put themselves in the story. So you, the person inside, they go into a little bit of a trance. and Whenever we hear stories, we go into a trance, by the way, a light trance. So they go into a little bit of a trance and they start to envision themselves in that story that you're telling. And if you have a written testimonial from a person who had a similar situation to that or had a similar belief, if you have that testimonial written where you can actually show it in their words, even better. And that's for any of you, if you come across the sales objection of it won't work for me, that's the way you overcome it won't work for me. It'll work for everyone else, but it won't work for me. Uh, Barb says, Frida, I will do a testimony for you. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, that's, that's the way you overcome that objection. Um, any, any questions from those of you who are watching? I don't know why I can't see you on this Zoom screen. This is weird. Maybe I didn't set this up right. Um, but anyway, any, any questions on 
any other questions for sales. The other one that came up in the question post that I posted was from DFI Forensics. I would say my biggest challenge is conveying the value that I believe I can offer effectively. So value. Here's the thing with value is often when salespeople, when they're having a hard time, and I would need to know more to know specifically what it is that um, people are objecting to when you offer what you're offering and when you explain the value of what you're offering. So people see value when it connects to the problem that they have. So often when people are not connecting the value or they're not seeing the value in what it is that you're offering, it's because it's not connecting to their problem. So if you have the best product or the best service in the world, but it's not solving the problem that the person has, it's still going to hold no value to them. So it's about, it's not about just conveying value. It's about linking the value to their particular issue. So if they don't have that issue or they don't see it as an issue, then you can explain all the value in the world. They're not going to care to be quite honest and to be pretty blunt. So you have to connect value to what it is that they want and what it is that they need. Now, here's the thing, guys, not everyone needs or wants your product or your service. And if they don't need it and if they don't want it, then there's no use in trying to sell to them. They're not going to be a customer. That's when sales get really pushy. No one likes to be pushy. No one likes to be pushed into a sale. Those are never going to be your best clients anyway, if you're being pushy. So if they don't want it, if they don't need it, they're not your people. Um, I think there's a new comment in the Facebook. It says eight comments, but I don't see eight comments. That's weird. I see four. Hmm. Let me, I'm going to just check on my phone to see if I can see more on my phone in case you guys have any other questions. Uh, let's see, let's see. Sorry, I know this is really boring to watch me looking at my phone and trying to find questions. So you have to connect the value. Oh, there I, there I am talking right there on the video. Okay. Uh, Frida, I'm so scared to be pushy, but I always feel that I want them to hear me. So if you're afraid to be pushy, don't be pushy. And actually I have a free webinar on how to sell without being salesy, which is essentially how to sell without being pushy. No one likes to be pushed. No one wants to be pushy. Those are not good sales. Oh, now I can see them all on my screen. Okay. That's not a good way to sell at all. So the way to, in your situation, Frida, is you have to answer their objection, which is I can't do it, and give them the testimony. Or tell them a story, show them a testimonial. I even have clients who I've worked with and students who have come to my trainings who are willing to hop on the phone anytime with anyone and give them a live testimonial of their experience. Now for what you're selling, Frida, I don't think that's necessary to have that, although you could. But I think if you have some stories written out, testimonials, Barb said she'd give you one. Um, that's the best way to go or just share a story. Oh, Haley, what about when people say, I don't have the money for this? Haley, can you remind me what your business is? Um, when people say, I don't have the money for this. So that's another one of the four objections. So the four objections to sales are, I don't have time. I don't have money. It won't work for me or I don't believe you. Those are the only four, all sales objections fit into those four. So when people say, I don't have the money for this. It, I'm curious of what you're selling, what the price point is, although that doesn't really matter with that objection. What it means is that they don't, they haven't linked the value. 
There's not enough value in it for them. So it's never about the money. There are, when I started coaching, I had people tell me all the time, I don't have the money for it. And being a new coach, and I did this too in my old business on, uh, in my personal training, I did the same thing where I would, I would lower my rates. And people would still say, I don't have my, oh, okay, I thought that was you. I am blessed Mala beads. Okay, I thought so, but then I was second guessing myself. Yeah, so what they're saying is that they haven't seen the value in it yet. I, I bought your mala beads. I didn't see a problem with price. <coughs> so the price, it's, the price isn't the problem. There are people out there who work for minimum wage, who live on a very low income and have the latest iPhone. There are people who will tell you, I don't have the right, I don't have money for what it is you're offering. And yet they're going to take a trip to Mexico next week. So it's building value in it. Now, here's the thing. When people object to a sale, you have two ways of dealing with it. The first objection they give you, you can either address it head on or you can ignore it. And by ignoring it, I mean, you just reestablish the value of the product. So that means you have to know what it is that they want and you have to know what the value is in it for them. So you reestablish value. So a moment ago, you told me, using your example, Haley. So a moment ago, you told me that you really wanted these mala beads. For example, just making that up. A moment ago, you told me you really wanted these and, um, and you're really excited about them. So what's changed? What's changed during our conversation? Now, then at that point, they'll either buy or they're going to say, well, you know, they'll give you either the same objection or another one. The second objection is a real objection. The price is never the problem. So often with a price objection, I'll, I'll say, I just want to go back and read your words exactly. Why does it keep, keeps hiding comments on here from me? So I can't go back and read. Okay. So if they say, scrolling my phone, I don't have the money for this. I don't have the money for this. So if you did have the money for it, would you want it? I would start with that, ask them that question and go from there and see what they say next. It's never, money's never the issue. It's that they're not seeing enough value in the product. Um, and if you have, if there's more specifics, like specific things they're telling you, post them below and I'll tell you exactly word for word what to say. Uh, Barb, is money or cost objections also tied to value or solving the problem? Yes, yeah, there has to be value in it for them. If they don't see value in it, it, it could be a $5 product and they're going to say, I don't have $5. It's always, it's always about linking value. So here's the thing. People, before they talk to you, before they step into your store, before they get on a phone call with you, before they go to a consultation with you, before they have any sort of interaction with you, have already thought about what it's like to use your product or your service. So with your mala beads, they've already pictured 80% of them have already pictured having those mala beads, wearing them, what it is they want in their mind. Your only job is to connect them to that image in their mind. When you do that, the sale is done. If you don't do that, the sale is not closed. So if you're not closing 80%, and this goes for every single industry that all of you are in, if you're not closing 80% of the time, you're not doing your job of connecting them to that picture in their mind. Now the other 20%, um, they're just, they're just window shoppers. So Haley, I find people say I want it, but I don't have the cash. 
So is it that they physically, like, is this at a market type situation where they physically don't have the money on them? Or is it still the same objection of they can't afford it? And it used to trigger me, but now I explain the value and feel very proud of them. You should feel proud of them. I'll tell you when I bought my mala beads, um, I was the person, I had the picture in my mind of what I wanted and the kind of stones I wanted and what I wanted mala beads to look like. And I walked into the local space to do a photo shoot with Christy, which is why she knows I have them. And I literally walked in, saw exactly what I wanted before I, I don't even know if I'd said hi to Christy. I like made a beeline to them and went, I'm buying these today because it's exactly what I wanted. Uh, why will you only show me like four comments at a time? And Monica, do you feel that maybe they aren't educated enough to want the product you are selling exactly? Hope that makes sense. I mean that maybe they would have an objection because they're not, I'm not sure I understand Monica. So they're, correct me if I'm wrong. I think what you're saying is that they're not educated enough to know that they need the product and that's why they have an objection. Um, it could be, it could just be they don't want it or need it. You can spend so much time trying to convince people to buy your products when they're not your client. I used to do that. I spent so much time trying to convince people to, to buy something that they, they weren't ever going to be interested in, or they're not going to be interested in for six months or whatever until something changes in their life. Those aren't your people. Find people who want to buy. Haley, going back to yours, I would say, because people can find mala beads for cheaper, a cheaper product. They look cheaper. They're not as nice. They're not as good. It doesn't have the quality. And, but there are people who can find that. So you want to sell to people who see value in buying something that's as beautiful as what you make. So make sure that when you're, um, wherever you're selling your product, that you are selling to people who are going to see value in it, who are going to be like me and walk up and be like, I want these before they even consider price. That's who you want to sell to. Um, Monica, some people think all I do is sell pens, etc. They're surprised when I sell, find out I sell other. Yeah, so that's when I think, yeah, in that case, yes, it's about education. They need to know that you, you have other things to sell for sure. So that's that definitely comes down to having a conversation with people and showing them all you offer. Maybe when you're out networking, Monica, it might be a good idea to talk about all the different products. I think you do a pretty good job of that when I've seen you showcasing different products that you offer. Um, I think people are still going to think pens just because that's a the easy entry point for them when they're thinking about promotional products for their business. A lot of people just automatically gravitate towards pens. That's not going to be a sales objection though. That's just, it's just your entry point offer what people are going to consider. And then from that point, then you have the opportunity to show them all the other things that you can do and sell. Uh, any other questions, challenges when it comes to your sales? <coughs> Sorry guys, I'm still getting over the flu. So my voice is all crackly. Uh, Monica, so true. Some people want caviar for hamburger prices. Oh, Monica, you've been watching my stuff. Yes. Many people want caviar for hamburger price. Those aren't your clients. You want people who are willing to pay for what it is you're offering. And there are people who will pay. No matter what your pricing is, there are people who will pay. 
Any other questions? If I missed any questions, let me know because I'm not, they're not showing me everything. There was one other one actually on the, on the question I posted earlier. Um, Shirley Wasik, believing in myself through the process, but that's changing. That's what I definitely want to address. So if you don't believe in yourself and your product, your service, or you don't believe in the pricing of your product or your service, unconsciously you'll communicate that to the people you talk to. So even if you have the, the best offer, even if you have the best, the best program, the best product, the best pens, the best whatever it is that you're offering, if you don't believe that it's the best, if you don't believe that the pricing is exactly what it should be, if you can't communicate that very congruently, unconsciously you will communicate that you're unsure, you're uncertain, and that's when people will say, they may not say it to you, often they'll come up with an excuse, especially in Canada where we're very polite, um, but that's the fourth objection of, I don't believe you, because what you're communicating is not believable or trusting. Doesn't mean you're not a trustworthy person, doesn't mean you're not a good person, it means that what you're communicating is doubt and uncertainty, and people pick up on that incongruency, and that creates distrust in them where they don't quite feel, feel like you have it all together, and then they won't buy. So if it's a matter of believing in yourself and what you're offering and being able to ask totally congruently for the number that you want, if it's about that, then it means you have some internal work to do. So that one you can't solve just in the process of the sales conversation. That means there's work to do on your end, outside of the sales conversation to make sure that your next one is better. And you're probably, to be quite honest, if it's that they don't believe you, you're probably not gonna close that sale, but you can do some work on yourself to close the next one. So in my Powered Up Sales training, this is what I teach, is how to be totally congruent in what it is you're offering, how to deliver your offer in a very congruent way, how to, I take people through a five-step sales process of how you guide a person through your sales process in a way that's not pushy, not salesy, that's very comfortable for both parties and creates a win-win outcome, whether they buy or don't buy. It creates a win-win outcome for both people. See, but I'm selling to people if, if I get a no, I'm totally okay getting a no as long as I know that's the right outcome for both of us. If I know that I can't help them or that it's the wrong time for them, I would rather they say no and leave with a positive experience of having connected with me than to push them into something they're not ready for or something that's just not the right fit. Um, any other questions? Oh, you're welcome, Haley. Any other questions? What is this? Uh, totally interested in learning more about your program. Cool. I'll post a link once I'm off of here. Yeah, once I'm off of here, I was just thinking, like, can I do it right now? But I think that's boring if I start typing links. So after the video, I'll post a link to a webinar that I have that you can check out the webinar, and that'll tell you, it'll give you a lot of tools you can use right now in the webinar. After the webinar, it'll explain how we can work together in my Powered Up Sales program to help further your sales. And that program is for if you're selling tangible things like you are Haley, or um, if you're selling programs or services like Frida, if you're selling, um, or if you're selling non-tangibles like insurance, the, the process was actually created for non-tangibles. So no matter what it is that you're selling, it will, it will work. Uh, Barb, I need practice having sales conversations. So if you want to practice having sales conversations, you need to make more offers to more people so that you have more sales conversations. 
that's where you practice. I find that most people, they, they want to make more money, but then they're not making enough offers to people. They're not, they're not giving people enough opportunities to buy. People need to be, you need to make offers so that people will have a conversation. And I mean, offers through your social media, through your videos, through your, um, through webinars, through your newsletters, through everything, you need to invite people to the conversation. And then you'll have more practice. Tracy, what about when they're not sure what, when they're not sure they need what you offer? So that's your job. So often, like when someone comes to me, they, they most likely don't know that they need to learn NLP. Or they most likely don't know that they need timeline therapy or whatever it is that they need. They don't know that they need that. It's my job to link the need to what it is that they want, to link need to value. So they're not going to come in and say, um, like to you, Tracy, with your business, they're not going to come in and say, I need oils unless they know exactly what it is that you can help them with. I mean, after knowing you for quite a while, I'll message you and I'll say, I need an oil for something. Um, but otherwise, I don't think I would have thought I need to go see an aromatherapist or I need help with something that an aromatherapist can help. So it's not about them needing, um, about them. It's not that they need to know that they need you. It's that they have to be curious enough to have a conversation with you. And it's your job to demonstrate that they need you to solve their problem. And that's by linking value to what it is that they need. You'll see the need before they do. And it's your job to connect the value of what you offer to the need that they have so that they see that you're the solution to the problem. They won't know that. That's your job. Um, anything else in here? Uh, Monica, that is true. They will remember how we weren't pushy and all. Yeah. See, here's the thing is if you're, if you're being pushy in your sales approach and you're trying to like cram it down their throats, I'm not saying any of you do that, but if it comes across that way, and if you do it that way, they're going to have a bad experience, which means when they're ready to buy, they're not going to go to you. And if they are say having coffee with a friend and that friend says, Hey, I'm looking for mala beads, or they say, I need some uh, branded products for my business, or I want to go to a painting party, whatever it is. Um, that person that had the negative experience with you is likely not going to recommend you. So my goal is always that they have the positive experience with me, whether they buy or they don't buy, because later when they're ready, they're going to still come back to me. Or if they're out talking with someone and someone says, Hey, I want to learn NLP. They'll go, I met this really, this really cool trainer who can help you. And even though they didn't take the training because they had a good experience and people will remember that. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Uh, Ramona, yes, true. Talk to more people. It is all practice. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. If you want to, again, Barb, if you want to practice your sales conversations, you just need to have more sales conversations. You, you can't practice sales for fake. Like you can't, you can role play all you want. I don't know anyone who enjoys that. I used to hate that when I go to sales trainings and they'd be like, okay, role play. And everyone would be like really on their, you know, like it would just, it, it's not real. <coughs> The best way to get good at sales is to have more and more sales conversations that are real. And the more no's you get, the more you learn. And it's all feedback on how to improve your conversations. But if you, Barb, you've taken the NLP practitioner training, so you know the five-step sales process. So I would say, since you know it, make sure that you are running it every time you have a sales conversation, that you are applying the five-step sales process and practicing that. I'm going to guess that you might be missing a step or two. 
Um, I'm only guessing that not not knowing what you're doing in your sales conversations, but I'm going to guess that knowing where other practitioners go wrong. Me too. Do not like role playing. Oh, no one likes it. I used to hate that. Or, you know, work for a sales company. They'd send me to these sales trainings and be like, okay, role play this out. And how do you do this? And it'd be so fake and so phony. And you're like, this isn't really what happens. Um, it just wouldn't work. Any other questions? Let's see if I've missed any. Any other sales questions? I think I have them all. Okay, cool. So I'm going to post, I'll post a link for the webinar. And you can watch that. It's not a live webinar this time. This one's a replay webinar from last time I ran it. And it'll give you a lot of great information. And then at the end of it, there'll be an offer for how you can do the Powered Up Sales course if you think it's the right thing for you. And if it is, cool, then you'll join us in that. And if it's not, that's cool too. All right, so thanks for watching today. Um, does it look like there's anything else? Okay, so thanks for watching today. If you have any questions after this, feel free to post them in the comments and I'll happily answer them in the comments too. I hope this was valuable. I hope you guys got a lot out of this. And I think I'll start doing more of these kinds of things in the group too, if you like it. If you guys like this, and I'll, I'll do more. But I'm going to sign out now because I have to hop over to my podcast group and in about 20 minutes and do a, a video. We're going to do a Zoom call on launching your podcast, which is another program I offer. Thanks for listening today. If you have any questions about sales or any challenges you're facing in increasing your sales, feel free to drop me a message. The best place is probably on Instagram at Terry Holland, or you can always reach out on Facebook at Terry H Coaching. No, Terry Holland Coaching on Facebook and Terry H Coaching on Twitter. So feel free to reach out on any of those platforms or book me for a 30-minute consultation that is free to anyone, anytime to book a free 30-minute consultation. Or even better, join the Empowered Entrepreneur Facebook group full of other entrepreneurs like you who are eager to learn and grow. And it's a totally free group to join. So if you're looking to connect with other entrepreneurs and really grow your business, that is a great place to be. And if you want more information about that sales training, I've opened up the webinar that I mentioned. I've reopened it for a short period of time. I'll leave it up for a few days for anyone who wants to watch it. It's obviously not live at this point, but it's running every 20 minutes. So you, you sign in and it'll tell you when the next one's about to start and you can just watch it and learn from that. At the end of it, I'll tell you about how we can work together if you want more of that training. Um, I'll tell you how you can do that. So you can check that out. I'll put all those links below and make it a lot simpler for you in the show notes. But I really hope that you'll join the Empowered Entrepreneur group because it's it's a really great group that is growing and engaging and we're having a lot of fun. And I'm going to do more of these Q&A style, laser focused coaching sessions within that group. So if you want, if you want that, uh, join the group. All right. Thanks for listening today. Hope you have a fantastic day and I'll be back again probably tomorrow. All right, guys, have a great day. Bye.